Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. You're very welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, we're going to look back at what was a turbulent week in the world of Google as they unveiled their AI chatbot. Plus, we're going to talk about online safety, what has been done and what is left to do. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter at JessKellyNT. But we're going to start this week with a Google story because Alphabet, uh, which is the parent company, their shares fell 7% after an AI event hosted by Google. Now, you'd usually expect some mad innovation to cause a bit of a stir, a bit of a buzz. But unfortunately, uh, it had the opposite effect in this instance. Kira O'Brien of the Irish Times is with me now to talk through what exactly happened. Uh, Kira, talk us through it. So what's happened is, is um, Google had a launch event for its Bard AI, which is going to be its its rival, I suppose, to what we've seen as the chat GPT phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, during the demo, the video demo, it gave the wrong answer. Um, and it was, it was something that I would never have picked up on. I am not an expert in the, the space telescopes and deep space photography, all that, but there are people who are experts in this. And um, they picked up, there was a, a question about, you know, what could you teach a nine-year-old about this particular, the James Webb Space telescope um and it's based it's nasa's space telescope and it said it was used to take the the very first pictures of a planet outside the earth's solar system but it turns out it wasn't um and experts popped up to say actually your 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 uh your answer there was wrong so it kind of showed i suppose um how ai could fall at the first hurdle now i do think that it should be noted right that these all these chatbots they're still experimental and anybody who's used chat gpt will know that um, it's not exactly accurate itself. Now, for example, um, I asked it yesterday, uh, just as a, a, a an experiment of my own, to see who was Jess Kelly. Who's the journalist Jess Kelly? Oh, and on. it told me with absolute confidence that you are you're a, you're a journalist, you're a broadcast journalist, and you host apparently the Drive Time Radio Show on News Talk, and you're well promoted. known. You got promoted, and also you're well known for your politics, your insights into politics. Um, and I'm not saying, Jess, I, I'm not saying your insights into politics are not incisive and witty and extremely informative, but I would have put you at tech above politics. Mm-hmm. And then I asked, um, you know, about me, because, you know, vain, absolutely vain. Have to find out who's the journalist, Kira O'Brien. Apparently, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I do tech. Yes, it mm-hmm. got that right. Um, but it said I work for the Irish Independent and Silicon Republic, two publications I don't think I've ever written for in my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the kind of, you know, and it doesn't show its sources. So, and there's been a lot of concern over this. And I think Google is not on its own. It's just happened to be that in this particular instance, all eyes are on it. And the AI kind of crapped out a little bit at the first hurdle. Um, and this is, the, you know, it's not available to the public. It's being tested by what they say are there are trusted external testers. And the idea being that stuff like this will get weeded out before it's unleashed on the world. But part of the issue is here, I suppose, that look, Google has been working on AI for 
years. I mean, they they they've a, a long time back kind of positioned itself as you know, concentrating on AI for the future, and we've seen some of that AI and machine learning and all that stuff come to the fore in the likes of, say, Google Translate. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now I can sit and have a conversation with somebody with Google Translate turned on, and it will translate it on the fly for me. So we could be speaking two completely different languages, and yes, sometimes the the translations are a bit kind of ropey, but you know, I like, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I couldn't have done that. I would have been armed with uh, some sort of phrase book and mangling a foreign language. Um, you know, so the, you know, AI is working as such. But this this new generation of AI, this generative AI, where, you know, the AI is going to write novels and paint paintings, you know, it's it's very interesting and very attention grabbing. But it's still at a very, very early stage, because as we've seen, all of these chatbots will tell you with utmost confidence the wrong answer. And you have yeah. no way at the moment anyway, I suppose, um, of of checking up on that. So if you use chat GPT and ask it a question, as I did, there was no sources cited. Now, obviously, this is something that's going to, to, to change. And I think, you know, because chat GPT has kind of caught our attention, it's new, it's shiny, it's interesting. And look, it can, can uh, tell us, you know, if I ask it for, I don't know, maybe themes for a five-year-old's Mario-themed birthday party, it will give me ideas. Or if I ask it to write an acceptance speech for some unnamed award thing, it will give me a very generic acceptance speech. Uh, Likewise, if I ask it a question about some economic term that I'm not sure of, it will explain it in words I can actually understand, as opposed to, you know, when you go online and you try, you have to kind of, you know, you have to, to ferret out the meaning yourself. Uh, which is obviously good for us to do. But at the same time, sometimes you just still don't understand it. So, you know, it's good for explaining stuff like that. But the problem at the moment is obviously at this very early stage, we're not 100% sure where the information is coming from. So we can't check the, yeah. the kind of the validity of that information. Now, this is going to be built into search engines. Obviously, Microsoft has announced its own kind of link up with um, OpenAI and it's building that technology into Bing. That's kind of, you know, it's, there's a, a a list you get on to, to get access to that, but you can see kind of some of the examples on it. So, you know, you can ask for, um you know, ideas for a six-year-old's birthday party, or you could ask for ideas for date night, a Mexican-themed date night, um if you want to go out and have some nice Mexican food or cook some at home, and it'll give you those, you know, at the moment. um Just, I suppose, I suppose just to be aware, though, that, you know, it is still an early stage. And unfortunately, as I said, Google just happened to be doing it right in the in the public eye because there's been a, a number of documented instances of where ChatGPT has got things wrong because it's working on a certain data set. And the problem yeah. is, is when the, the data is flawed, um, then the answers it's going to give is flawed. And we've seen that before. Uh, like there was an experiment before where they were using AI to, to, um, to identify the gender of people who were in photographs. And they've discovered fairly early on that any time it was basically it was misidentifying men in photographs well, only under certain circumstances particularly when there was an appliance in the photograph so as you can imagine some bright spark fed it a load of photographs of women with in a kitchen with appliances with you know putting stuff in a washing machine i don't know whatever they did um it basically anytime there was a fridge or a washing machine in a photograph it automatically tagged the men as women because appliance must mean woman, right? Um, that's, you know, one example of, of how things can go wrong. I mean, Microsoft also had Tay, if you remember that box yes. that they had yeah. as a chatbot online that they had to take down because I think within 12 hours of it being unleashed in kind of the, the, the West and in Europe and, and the US, they it was 
basically learning to be racist um, and mm. offensive. Yeah, so, I, I think they're, they're all valid issues. And I think because we spoke about ChatGPT on the show a few weeks ago and it's great to cover these types of innovations, but we need to remember that they're being built by human beings and things like unconscious or even conscious bias impact it. And also, like the way these types of things work is, that, as you said, they work off data sets or in some instances they can, you know, troll the internet. But if what's on the internet is inaccurate and if the AI is making assumptions based on what it can find, like we're not, like researchers aren't out of a job just yet. And I wouldn't be doing my job using it just yet because although it is helpful in summarising certain complex historical issues so if you're looking for a summary of world war one or world war two or something like that it could probably do a pretty good summary and as you said it'd be in plain english but if you're looking for more modern things or if you're looking for things that are contentious or have nuance or anything like that i think that's where it struggles and i i I just think some people were saying you know they're going to invest like basically bet the house on chat gpt being the be all and end all and what happened with google happened to so many tech companies like there's so many famous examples of steve jobs for example doing a demo on stage and it failing it's just oh, the live demo, yeah. yeah it's just not ideal like it's like being on the toy show and a toy won't work because you haven't switched it on or the batteries are dead do you know what i mean it's just it's it's an unfortunate thing obviously for for google and indeed for alphabet but in a way I'm kind of, it sounds really bad, right? But I'm kind of happy about it because it kind of puts a halt to the gallop of everybody just putting all their eggs in one basket and thinking it's a done deal. I do think, yeah, I think like, I, I would never come firmly down on the side of, oh, ChatGPT is going to, uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT are going to win this particular race or, mm-hmm. you know, Google's now dead because, you know, it's AI made a mistake on a demo. Um, I think... We're, we are, as I said, we are at the very, very start of this. This is something that is going to get more interesting. And it's going to, obviously, as as the AI capabilities grow, I mean, a few years ago, we wouldn't have thought this was possible. You wouldn't have thought that, you know, an AI could generate a painting, for example. Um, but, you know, we're kind of at the point, I know people have been kind of comparing it to, you know, Skynet and, you know, oh, my God, this is where Terminator takes over. I don't think we're quite at that point yet. And as you said, like, I don't think researchers are out of a job. I think that it is a new phase of things in that. you know, And it's also the first time in a long time that um, the tech companies have had kind of like a new front to fight on. So Microsoft obviously has Bing. I don't know anybody, sorry, Microsoft, but I don't know anybody who automatically goes to Bing as their first choice of search engine. Um, a lot. It's not. It's you know. You Google things. You don't Bing things. But I mean, obviously, it's a terrible name. Sorry, but it is a terrible name. Um, and you know, this could tip the scales. I suppose a bit more in favor of Microsoft if they implement this AI search in a in a, a better way than other people are doing it. You know, I don't know. Will it, will it mean like that Microsoft will completely take over search? I don't know. Um, if I had a crystal ball that would kind of see into the future and could predict that accurately, I would, to be honest, I'd be looking at the the, uh, the lot of numbers first and then I'd go for something like that. And I'd be putting a lot of money into tech stocks that I can see far into the future. But I do think that like it's it's going to be interesting because this is, you know, this is a real competition for Google. Google were caught in the hop a little bit with this one because they've been working on this for years, but they're kind of, you know, they, they were big into, you know, refining it and tweaking it before we put it out into the world. And I think to a certain extent, they were kind of, their hand was forced and um, probably not ready to unleash Bard onto people. But as you've seen, they haven't actually 
put it out because it's still with these external testers. And um, when obviously then Microsoft has announced that Bing is, is being rolled out, Bing with AI search is being rolled out to people. Um, will it mean that, you know, they, they kind of, uh, they, they get the edge in, in this particular battle? I don't know. Um, I still think having done searches with Bing and with the, 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 the AI search, that while this generative AI and while this kind of conversational AI is great to have, it still needs the proper data underneath it. And I just, to be honest, the Google search results were kind of more what I was looking for, even without the AI element to it. So it's not just a case of, oh, they have they have AI and they're doing it well, they're going to take over everything. You still have to kind of fulfill the other parts of the the, the puzzle before you know, that we can actually say there's a winner here. And again, we are so early on into this predicting, uh, you know, kind of the winners and the fact that AI is going to take over everything, that we're all going to be out of a job. Oh, and journalists are going to be out of a job as well. I mean, there's certain parts of my job I would quite happily hand over to AI because there's certain things that I just don't need to write. But like from a, a, a professional point of view, they have to be written, but it doesn't necessarily be, need to be me that's writing them. And AI could quite easily do that. And I think there are some news organizations who are using AI to do kind of basic factual things. And where the, I suppose, where the human element comes into it is, you know, that they, as you mentioned, nuance and, you know, kind of putting things into context. And me knowing that, yes, I've covered this company, you know, three times in the past year. And, you know, three months ago, they said they were going to create 100 jobs, but today they're telling people they're letting go 50 people. So, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's that kind of thing, that kind of knitting it all together that I don't think AI is, is quite there at yet. Um, now, who's to say it, it may well get there? The, the the speed at which this is progressing is very interesting. Um, but I'm not kind of I'm not kind of holding my hands up and and, and planning my retirement just yet. I'm a <laughs> long, long way to go. Thank God. Uh, yeah, I, look, I think it's an interesting one. And obviously, obviously, it's one to watch in terms of the development and how it's handled. But as I said, I, I, as crappy as it was from, from Google's point of view, I think it's good to have these reminders that this is technology, it's still in development and it's by no means perfect. Uh, before I let you go, I want to talk to you briefly about two things. Firstly, the new Samsung Galaxy S23. We mentioned it on the show last week and I had my first impressions on the Pat Kenny show earlier in the week as well. Uh, what do you make of it so far? I really like it. I mean, look, it's all about cameras. You can see that well, the Ultra was the one that I had um, mm -hmm. and loads of cameras on the back of it. To be honest, if you were looking at the lower ones, the uh, the, the basic S23 and the S23 Plus, there's not a huge difference in what they do and what the S22 does. Um, the only, like the, the main reason I would go for the newest phone that you can buy is because of security updates. Samsung has committed to, I think it's four years of operating system updates, but five years of security updates. And the security updates is the crucial one because that's the one that's going to stop your banking app working if you don't have the right security patches. And people are holding on to their phones for longer now. So you're talking about instead, like there was a point where people would upgrade their phones every year because they were getting a new one thrown at them by the networks. And now people are kind of linking into two-year contracts. So it's two or three years before they're upgrading their phone at the very least. It's, it's kind of creeping up closer to three years now. And the thing is, like, we don't need, like, there used to be such huge jumps in what they could do. Um, and in between the different announcements, you know, and Apple used to have that TikTok kind of thing where they'd have like, they'd announce uh, a new 
phone and then they'd have uh, kind of a, a, an iterative update. You know, so it wouldn't be hugely different, but it would just be may have an upgraded camera. And then the next one would be the next big jump. And we've kind of lost that a little bit, I think, um, in that, you know, we don't get that massive jump in between the different models anymore. So if, you know, if, you're, if you're, you're, your budget's not stretching to the S23 or the 23 Plus, the S22 is still a great phone. Uh, the S23 Ultra, you know, the, the camera on is amazing. It's mm-hmm. got a 200 megapixel sensor on it, um, which, you know, the camera on it is great. But I was doing kind of uh, more megapixels doesn't necessarily mean better images. And I was doing kind of side by sides with a couple of other other phones. And I found that actually I was getting in some cases I was getting better photographs out of the iPhone uh, 14 Pro um, than I was out of the, the the Ultra just because, you know, you could see it was it was just very heavily smoothed over in some cases um, particularly in low light but like you get some phenomenal photographs out of the Ultra and in some cases you know they are better than anything else that's out there and you can do that whole kind of you know massive megapixel shot and then you know kind of um, crop it down to whatever you want which is is fantastic but mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of like, most of the time I was using it just kind of on the, the normal settings I wasn't going into that that super duper you know massive megapixel thing and what I did find better though was the um, uh, the optical image stabilization you know all that that image stabilizing and they have like a super steady mode on the video camera which was very handy particularly if you're using those higher zooms that they have because then it just kind of makes it seem less jerky and it smooths everything out um in general look there i i'm, I'm a fan of the samsung phones um yeah. i think as far as android phones go you know that they, they are they're 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 obviously one of the best um but you know there's a lot of competition out there now and there's a lot of cheaper competition out there now and i suppose asking people to pay that amount of money for a phone it's you know i mean like anything over 1200 euro now, you know, people generally aren't buying them outright. So they don't feel the pain as much, but you are locking yourself into like a two and three year kind of a deal to stay with a network. If you're going to get that, if you want to get it in any sort of affordable price for people. So, I mean, if I was thinking of buying one, I would certainly be looking around for a really good deal and not just a good deal on the handset up front, but good deal on the plan that I'm paying for in the back of it, because that's that's where they get you. A hundred percent. Finally, and very briefly, speaking of phones and all that jazz, uh, Mobile World Congress is coming up. It's taking place in Barcelona. My inbox is already bursting with, uh, you know, potential press releases and briefings about new phones and updates and all that kind of stuff. Samsung used to launch their phones at this event, but obviously they didn't do that this year or for the last few years. Is there anything that you're super excited to to see at MWC? Um, I'm super excited. I'm just kind of, I'd be interested to see just what, what the actual show itself is like, because look, this is the first year, I suppose, really where people have, you know, everything is back, uh, back to full capacity, no um, restrictions on it. There's no, there's no kind of, Somebody described CES last year as the, uh, it was a bit like a crime scene with lots of tape where stands should have been. And this year it was absolutely rammed with people. So it'd be interesting to see, I suppose, you know, just where, um, just where everybody is back and what they're, who's actually going to show up this year. And you're right, yeah. like Samsung used to do those big launches. Um, and those, I suppose, they've kind of fallen away a bit from that. And I can understand why, because stuff gets lost in the noise um, yeah. around Mobile World Congress. There's so much going on. You're actually much better off to launch before because then you kind of get people's attention, as Samsung has done. Um, I'd be interested to see what Nokia is doing Um you know that they they've kind of they've a few decent phones out um in the last 
kind of few years and you know that they're not kind of trying to go for that super high end you know massively expensive market they're kind of they're 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 putting out good phones and they're you know doing it at a price that people can actually afford to pay outright for um it'll be interesting to see as well. I mean, I'm assuming like that the a lot of the the Chinese mobile companies will be there as well and that was where you know we started to see Huawei and Xiaomi and a few others started to kind of make their mark before they really hit the market in Ireland um so it will be you know, there'll probably be a bit of the, the AI stuff as well I mean the, the the lines between all these conferences are starting to get a bit more blurred so yeah. it'll be interesting to see you know does it stay purely as you know, kind of like the mobile stuff or is more of the kind of the, the, the smart tech going to creep in there as well, as has happened with other conferences. You know, CES is a bit of a car show these days. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's all changed. Uh, but anyway, we will bring you any and all of the updates uh, here on News Talk over the coming weeks as MWC approaches and unfolds. Uh, Kira O'Brien of the Irish Times, as always, thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thank you very much. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, I'll be joined by Alex Cooney of CyberSafe Kids to look at what we can do to support those navigating parenting in the digital age.